Father, I just want to ask you um, that you'd put the words, um, not even the words that I have wrote down, but the words that you once spoke into my mouth and into my heart. And that um, whatever's going on in all of our lives right now, good, bad, or indifferent, that you would help us just have an encounter with you and that we leave this place just changed. And Lord, I want to pray that we wouldn't just leave a little bit changed, but we'd leave a big bit changed. And that you'd have your way among us in Jesus' name. Um, so last week I started looking at this whole idea of having a fresh start, and we're going to keep looking at it for the next couple of weeks. And I was asking you if you ever got a fresh start in life, or if you ever wanted a fresh start in life. Um, or have you ever felt like just running away and not dealing with stuff? I felt like that about ten times this week. Yeah. Um, or have you ever actually ran away and not dealt with something? That's really good. Yeah. Except for sometimes you have to come back and clean it up. But um, I thought about how life sometimes just wears us out. Like the kids, the house, the job, the family. Like family are the best, aren't they? Especially over Christmas. Like, I mean, they just like really wear you out. Anyway. But I did tell you some good news, right? And that's coming from 2 Corinthians, that we can actually get a fresh start in life. And in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says this, Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. It's created new. The old life is gone, and a new life burgeons. I don't even know what that word means, but anyway, that's in the message. But anyway, a new life begins. And I talked a little bit last week about how when that happened for me, that it changed everything. And it literally changed everything. It opened up my mind and my life to a whole new way of thinking, a whole new way of feeling, a whole new way of interacting with other people, a whole new way of being a human being. I got a hunger inside of me to pursue God that I never had before. I got a fire kind of inside of me that burned for more of God in my life. And I got the strength to go after God and I got the power to go after God. And I got the courage to go after God. Because I hadn't got any of them things. And I was thinking you could even ask, like, how did you get it all and why did you get all of that stuff? And really, in a lot of ways, it's really simple. I needed all that stuff because Jesus wanted me to become more like the Brian I was supposed to be. Not the Brian that I had become. Not the Brian I had grown up into. Not the Brian who came from where I came from and was out of the family I was and was the person I was. Because that wasn't actually who I was created to be. I was created to be a son of God. And we just sang about it there a while ago. I am a child of God. That's what I was born to be. I was born to become like Jesus. And I'm not standing here now telling you I'm like Jesus, right? So don't, don't, be, don't be thinking that. But I tell you what, I'm a lot more like him than I was 30 years ago. There's a lot more of what's of him going on in my life than there was then. And he wanted to move me towards the destiny that he had for me. And he wanted to bring out in me the gifts and the talents that he had put in there when I was born, but had been lost or buried along the way. And probably most importantly, he wanted to build my character. And he wanted to put integrity into my life and strength into my life. And you see, the courage that I needed was the courage to be obedient. The courage that I needed was the courage to live a life of honesty and humility and service because I wasn't living them things and I wasn't brave enough to live them things. I wasn't brave enough to live an honest life. The courage I needed was the courage to learn to be in second place, to learn to let Jesus be the boss, to let God be the boss, 
not for me to be the boss, not even for Anne to be the boss, not for the, the neighbors or the family or what other people thought about me to be the boss, but to let Jesus actually be the boss. And how I got all of that was the power of his Holy Spirit living in me. And before we met this morning, there was a few of us here praying, and we were praying that the Holy Spirit would meet with us today. There's a story in the book of Acts, this has nothing to do with the notes, of, of um, a group of people meeting after the resurrection of Jesus and the ascension of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit just came, and we call that day Pentecost. But there was no one going around laying hands, there was no hunky, nothing funny going on, there was just people praying, and God just came. And a fire hit these people that they were never the same again. And something happened inside of me when that happened. And it, and it gave me what I needed to go after that. And it's happened in loads of us. And I pray it happens more and more in us and in the people we're with. See, his spirit touched off a mine and set it on fire. And it's a fire that doesn't go out. When I talked last week about how over the years we try and light fires to to move things and change things, but they flitter out after a while. But the fire of God doesn't go out in you. Not if it's the real fire of God. And when the Spirit came and started living in me, I had a choice. Actually, I had lots of choices to make. Lots and lots of choices. But they were all in generally the same direction. And the direction, and it all came back to the same question as well. It was, who's forced in your life now, Brian? Is it you or is it God? What I want to do is just, um, I want to show you a video. Today is fairly, I'm just realizing it's fairly media heavy. We were supposed to be doing worship this morning, but the girls were all not able to come, and I didn't want to inflict me on my own on you, so that's why we did that. So, um, actually, they were, they were much better than I'd be. <laughs> but um, this is another video. It's a guy called Brian Head Welch. He was the lead singer in a band called Corn, who were an extremely famous band. Um, but he talks a little bit about having an experience with God, so I just wanted to show this about five or six minutes long. He seemed to have it all. If you look, if you look at his life, um, um, we have a nephew who was a big Corn fan. And, uh, and he, he really did. They, they were one of the most successful bands around. But when it all came down to it, he needed and wanted a fresh start. Because it wasn't working. Uh, and, and he got it, which is amazing. But there's something in all of his story that stood out for me. And, and I'm going to ask it, and it was this little bit, I want to watch it again. Um, not the whole thing. It's the, it's the first couple of seconds of it. But just throw it up there. It, it'll come up next. It should come up next. Here's the bit. He did, he did all the stuff. He was in a church. He prayed. pastor prayed from all that kind of stuff. He still went home to do drugs. And sometimes we have to be willing to stand up in public and go, yeah, I'm following Jesus. And, and he did all of that stuff. But on his, old, on his way home, his old part of him was still going, I'm getting stoned. I'm going home. But on his own, he prayed a real prayer. When he was sitting on his own. And I talked about that last week a lot. It was all those times on my own. And I know, because I spoke to so many people who follow Jesus, and the real work that God's done in most people's lives is when they were sitting on their own room. When they took the time out to just sit with him and listen to him. There was no pretense when he was on his own. There was no holy language. There was no trying to look the part or anything like that. There was just raw heart-to-heart conversation with Jesus. I can't do it, but maybe you can. Maybe you can take these drugs because I can't get rid of them. And, and there's a scripture in the Gospels where 
Jesus meets a, a man whose son is, is afflicted by a demon and, and he says to Jesus, he's after going to the disciples, they can't help him, and, and he goes to Jesus. And um, he says to Jesus, like, can you help? And it's like as if Jesus even gives out to him over his, his doubts or whatever. And then the man prays the most incredible prayer, or, or take it out of prayer, saying the word prayer. He says the most incredible answer to Jesus. He says, I believe, or help my unbelief. It's recorded in the ninth chapter of the Gospel of Mark, and you can read it yourself. It's in verse 17 to 25. Sorry, 17 to 29. But Jesus takes the child, and, and he rescues him, and he saves him, and he, and he gets him better. And he has compassion on, on the man and on his son. And what he says to the dad was, anything is possible to the person who believes. Anything is possible to him who believes. I want to ask, like, what do you believe? What do you really believe? Do you believe that God is for you and not against you? Do you believe that you have a destiny? But do you believe in God or not? Do you believe you have a destiny? That you were born on purpose with purpose for purpose. You're not an accident. And sometimes we need to get desperate to get to that place. This man was in a desperate place. He wasn't in a bad place. He wasn't somebody who didn't believe or didn't want to believe or he wasn't one of them kind of people or whatever that is. But he was just desperate. It was like, if you can do anything, will you please do it? He was at his wit's end and I was wondering, have we ever been at our wit's end? Crying out, is there anyone that can solve this? Is there anyone that can sort this out who can save me? And I think that's the bit that got me out of that video. He was at his wit's end. He'd gone as far as he could go. And at this stage, I have to say, I've worked with too many people who, who've lost that battle and ended up suicidal. Some of them taking their lives, some of them not. Thinking that there's nothing that can save them or nothing that can change them or nothing that can change the situation. I want to tell you, Jesus can. And he does. He's full of compassion. His mercies are new every morning. We looked at that last week. You can have a fresh start every single morning. But you know what's more? You can have a fresh life. So you can still have a fresh start with God every day, but still sell yourself short. And not follow through with it. You can be saved in an instant. Like it's a matter of just, bing, there you're done but never fully enter into the life that God has for you. Salvation is God reaching down and picking us off the top of a burning building. You imagine the, the very first video we showed from the humanitarian day and, and there's people being picked off of roofs by helicopters and stuff like that. That's what salvation is. They're in the helicopter. They're safe. They're saved. You're gone. Jesus came, paid a price. God puts his hand down. If we want to put your hand up, you can be saved. You're going to get into heaven through what Jesus did on the cross. But beyond that step, God has a life for us. A massive life. He wants us to go deeper. He accepts where we are. He knows all the crap about us. He knows all the stupid, rotten things that are in there. He rescues us anyway, but he has more. He has a new way of life for us, a new way to live, a new way to be, a new family to belong to, a role to fulfill, a destiny to be lived out, a world to show up in and play our part in. Salvation's an instant thing, and as soon as you recognize that you're on that roof and you put your hand up to be saved, you will be. 
Not because we did anything to make us worthy of it, just because you recognized your need and put your hand up to God. But living as a child of God is a whole new ballgame. Yeah, he gives us peace, he gives us purpose, he gives us blessings and grace and mercy and love beyond anything that we could ever imagine. But he calls us to put him first. He calls us to make a fresh start and to make a fresh life. And last week I shared some of the things God introduced into my life was supposed to help me learn to do that. I talked about learning how to read the Bible and learning how to try and pray and learning how to listen to worship music and hang around with people who knew God and, and try and learn from them. And, and that he taught me how to journal and to reflect back on what was going on in my life and not just keep going full steam ahead. And there's another thing I learned to do back then as well, which was to fast. Now, I want to say this fasting is a real popular topic in church. It's nearly as popular as asking about money. Okay? Um, if you add it to two things nobody wants to hear talking about in church, it's fasting and money. And Jesus talked about both of them loads. Fasting is an ancient discipline. It's a tool that God uses to help us. The second video, the guy talked about the perspective of the world we lived in, and he said we need to stop. We need to press pause. And we need to stop and look. And then we need to press play again. And fasting is a tool that helps us to do that. There's a couple of things fasting isn't. One is it's not slim and world. It's not a weight loss program. It's not a way of manipulating God. It's not a slot machine. If I, if I put two pennies in and pull the arm, this will happen. It's not like I'm going to fast so God will do this for me. I thought it was that for a long time. It's not. And it's not about looking holy. It's not about being able to put up on Facebook, oh God, I haven't ate today. I'm and I so great. It's about getting rid of the distractions and it's about helping us focus. And it's about putting my relationship with God first over my comfort and my wants, my desires, and even my needs. It's a tool that will help me take my fresh start and use it to propel me into a fresh life. And I say all of that because I have a bit of good news for you because from the 29th of January, which is this day fortnight, we're going to invite everybody who calls Hope Home to join us on a 21-day fast. That sounds really exciting, doesn't it? These are all, woo, can't wait. Okay. Because um, 21 days after that, on the 19th of February, there's a team of young American college kids going to arrive here. And they are going to spend most of that week doing bits and pieces around here, but they're also going to deliver 5,000 leaflets about hope all around this area. And I want us to be ready. And years ago, I would have thought, if we fast, then we can kind of twist God's arm and he'll sprinkle magic dust on them leaflets and loads of things will happen and all kinds of stuff. But that's not what it's about. Praying and fasting for these 21 days isn't about trying to get God to do something with them. It's about trying to get God to do something in us. So that, please God, when those leaflets go out there and we do start getting inquiries and we do start getting people kind of going, what's that all about? that they're going to see people who are actually sold out for God, who are actually on fire for God, who aren't just playing lip service to it, who aren't just kind of half in, half out, one foot in this week, one foot out next week. And look, that's not judgment on anybody. I'm like that. We're all human. We all are hot and cold. God doesn't want us lukewarm, and he doesn't want us cold. He wants us hot. And this is a way... That a tool that he gives us that we can actually enter in on it. And, and we'll talk about how and whatever over the next couple of weeks. But really, it's about getting to a place 
where we're revived spiritually, where we move into 2017 full of the Holy Spirit, full of God, full of life. And there's a church in the book of Revelation called the Laodicean Church, and it was lukewarm, and God said, I'd spit it out of my mouth because I'm not interested in lukewarm. I'm interested in hot. So we'll be hot in lots of ways. There's a few people in here who are hot already, but um, let's all be hot in the godly way. And here's the thing about fasting as well. It's a private thing. Matthew says that, you know, you don't go around with a big face on you and in them days it says you put oil in your face and don't let anybody know. It's, it's a way of putting our life into the hands of God and saying, Spirit, come and do what you want in it. Come and do what you want. And just to, to nearly finish up here, God doesn't need us to fast. We need us to fast. We need that, not him. Um, we were talking about with Shane earlier this morning. We were just talking about someone who was a preacher and he was going, in a way, people are kind of going, oh, thank you, Jesus, and all that. He's saying, God's not insecure. He doesn't need us. He just lets us. He lets us be part of it. So last week, I finished up asking you three questions. I said our job in this world was to show up. And I asked about when we die, when it comes to time to die. The questions I want to be able to answer is, for me, what will be different in this world because I showed up? Whose life is different because I showed up? Who's going to be in eternity with us because I showed up? To show up needs to be ready. Sorry, to show up means we need to be ready. And to be ready takes some preparation. And fasting is one of the best ways I know to prepare. It helps me to focus my mind on God. It helps me to focus my heart and my life on God and on His ways and His priorities, His will. It helps me to hear His voice and it helps me to do away with so many of the distractions in my life that get in my way. So next week, we'll look at a little while, just a small part of today, and what kinds of fasting there is and how you can do or not do it. But for today, I just want to leave you with these thoughts. God will save you in an instant if you'll reach out your hands and your heart to him. And if you haven't already done so, then please don't leave here today without doing it. Just make that connection with the Messiah and get that fresh start in your life. And he'll walk with you by the power of his Holy Spirit living in you for the rest of your natural life to help you change into who you are meant and destined to be. He takes us exactly as we are, but he loves us way too much to leave us that way. Way too much. He wants a fresh life for you and with you. And um, as we go on over these next weeks and months and this year, we have a whole new opportunity every day to get a fresh start with God. So whether you're here, whether this, you're traveling, whether you're going away, whether you're um, going to be with family, with work, with whatever, whatever it is that will wear you out and get you down, I promise you something will get you down this year. If it hasn't already and it's only the 15th of January, yeah? If it's not even just the weather. But God will give us a fresh start every single time if we just go, can you? Put on a worship song on your phone, in the car, on the radio, something. And just try and get into that place where you can sense his presence. We're not trying to magic him up. He's there. 
It's just about us trying to tune in. Don't miss the opportunities that are there for you. Because this world is missing out on what you have to give to it. People all around you need what you have. All around you. And if you don't do it, hopefully someone else will, but maybe they won't, I don't know. But there's so much adventure and so much excitement and so much crack. And yeah, there's challenges and there's hard bits, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. Don't miss it. Let 2017 be the year where everything changes, where the game changes. And the game changer is Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for, for um, your grace that you give to us, your, your, your blessings that you give to us, um, for the opportunities that you give us. And Lord, I know that, um, and I mean this, I know fasting is not a popular topic. And I know that even standing up and going, I need a touch of God can sometimes be hugely challenging to our pride or to our privacy or to whatever. But Lord, right now I pray that you would search our hearts, just like that man prayed. And in this minute, just this couple of seconds of silence, you would search our hearts. And you would show us the things that you want different, the things that you want to change, the, things that you, the places you want to bring us. And Lord, I pray above all else that for this year, people would begin to see the destiny that you have for them. Lord, there's people in this room, loads of them, who have loads of gifts, loads of talents that you gave them to make a difference in this world. Whether it's in a church setting or whether it's just in a, in a, in a world setting or in a sports setting or a secular setting or whatever it is, but you gave everyone in this room talents and gifts to make a difference in this world. I pray, Father, you help us all to show up. I pray, Father, that you would give us the courage to show up. You would give us the courage to be all we were meant to be. And Lord, I just pray that the God of peace would equip us with everything good for doing his will. And may he walk in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And may the constant power and companionship and friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you every single day this week to do and to be all that you were created to be. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>